Welcome back to the uh, Scoop and Score podcast. This is your host, Jacob Herbert, and I'm joined here today by Dalton Grove and Jack Wilson. How are you guys doing? Uh, last episode, we went over the overall state of the teams of the Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons, and Baltimore Ravens. Today, we will be going over the Bills, Panthers, Bears, and the Bengals. Alright, so first off, we're going to go with the Bills. They were 10-6 and last year, lost wildcard uh, to the Houston Texans. And the one question I have on my mind is Josh Allen, the franchise quarterback. Had a great regular season, but uh, collapsed in the postseason. What do you guys think? Uh, I absolutely think that he is the franchise quarterback for them. Um, being the second year, doing what he's doing, seeing all the improvement that he had, I think he's a stud. I'm a big fan. Yeah, greatly uh, outplayed guys like Sam Donald, uh, Josh Rosen although Josh Rosen barely got any games in, and then uh, Baker Mayfield during their second year obviously didn't uh, outplay Lamar Jackson. But, uh, Dalton, where do you think he's at in his development? I'm going to reserve my judgment until after this season. I feel like I really need to see a lot more from him, but I need to see what he can do if he gets weapons around him. Because with John Brown right now as his real only weapon, I'd like to see what else he can do. And with his second year with Devin Singletary, I'd like to see it. And it would not hurt to get a tight end instead of uh, Devin Knox. Not the most uh, reliable pass catcher for him. Also with this uh, with this team, obviously the defense is uh, one of the biggest parts of it. Tredavious White leading it. Uh, but one of the needs that they do have is edge or uh, D-line. Uh, me and Dalton were talking about it off air. Uh, where do you think they can improve around the D tackle at Oliver? Uh, there's a lot of big name guys coming in free agency, but I would say that uh, they have a lot of picks in this draft. So I would like to see them try to test the waters there. So if you're them, they have the 22nd pick in the draft. Do you use it for a D lineman and then maybe wait for the uh, second round to get, like, the Colorado wide receiver? Or uh, do you pick, like, T. Higgins or Henry Ruggs if they're available there? Uh, With their their defense being as good as it was last year, I'm going to go ahead and say that they need to pick up on offense first. Uh, I would say probably taking a big playmaker right off the bat would probably be their best bet. Jack? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd definitely say go for... I I think with how many good receivers there are in this class, definitely a first-round choice to go for a receiver. Um, especially with how early they have a lot of these guys going at receiver. They have got a lot of receivers going first rounds. Yeah, I saw C.D. Lamb's like 11th, maybe Jerry Judy 12th. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe C.D. Lamb might drop, though, with the uh, wide receivers. So, like, there's a lot of them. Uh, they could be pushed back because teams aren't willing to uh, take the big ones right away. They could be waiting until, like, the second round and maybe uh, T. Higg- T. Higgins falls to the second round or something. Yeah, I can see that. I do think that C.D. Lamb will still go pretty high. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals took him in the first round. And pair him up again with uh, Kyler Murray to have another connection, have like previous chemistry there. 
Yeah, and some uh, D tackle uh, uh, free agents instead of drafting one could be like Gerald McCoy, DJ Reader, Damon Harrison from the Lions. All pretty good ones that they could put up uh, with Ed Oliver and groom him. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, uh, just today, Josh Norman signed with the Bills on a $6 million deal, which reunites him with uh, Sean McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator with the Panthers. What do you guys think about that signing? Uh, 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 not exactly a fan of Josh Norman. Um, I don't know that it's going to be much of an improvement there. Well, but, what's your unbiased yeah. opinion then? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't even give you one. Dalton? Compared to what he was getting in from the Redskins, how much he was getting paid from the Redskins, I'd say $6 million to put him across because they were struggling to fill that other corner spot last year, and so they had to draft somebody to even compete for it. But putting Josh Norman opposite Tredavious White really kind of shores up that defense a little bit more even so than it was last year. I agree, I agree. Also, another uh, big defender leaving that defense is uh, Lorenzo Alexander uh, is retiring, so they'll have to fill that position too. Yeah, um, what do you think about the idea of them maybe taking the jump and uh, trading up to try to get Isaiah Simmons? What do you think they should, or would have to pay for that, though? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. As far as I've seen, he's going he's going top ten for sure now, especially with his combine. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it'd be a decent amount. I can't really give you a guess on what they'd have to give for it, but... Yeah, I feel like trading up. I feel like trading up is mostly just so like you can get a quarterback that you really like or something. Obviously, if the athlete's good enough, but I really like where they are. They're at with the twenty-second pick, getting a top three uh, wide receiver to help out Josh Allen. Yeah, who do you think would be the best receiver to fit with him? Hmm. Think he'd want like a burner to go along on him. I feel like they probably need a bigger wide receiver because John Brown and Cole Beasley are both like six foot or under. Yeah. Get a red zone presence at least. How big is uh, Henry Ruggs? I don't think he's that. I don't think he's very big. He's five eleven. Mm. How big is T Higgins? I think. Jerry, I would say I think T Higgins would be pretty good. Justin Jefferson would honestly probably be like the best receiver fit Ooh. there because he can play all positions and he played mainly slot, I think, there at LSU. So, I think it'd be fun to see with the Bills. That would be fun to see. Now we will uh, move on to the Carolina Panthers. They were 5-11 and last year with an injury, uh, injured Cam Newton and fired Ron Rivera. So, now it's rebuilding time for Matt Rule. Luke Kuechly retires. Greg Olson moves on. What do you guys think is the first step that they need to do? those two other games. 
Yeah, and uh, Dalton, Dalton Grove is a uh, Chargers fan. What do you think about this trade? I uh, mentioned it last episode for my bold prediction. Carolina Panthers are one pick uh, after the Chargers. They trade to move up with Cam Newton. Cam Newton gets, uh, or Chargers get Cam Newton and Tyrod Taylor. So if uh, Cam Newton ever gets hurt, they have Tyrod Taylor, wouldn't even have to uh, adjust their scheme very much. And then they move up uh, to the sixth pick, maybe get Justin Herbert to uh, start that rebuild. I like that for them in the short term. I mean, long term, I don't trust either one of them. But with Phillip being gone and Melvin Gordon likely on his way out, um, I don't see them making big playoff pushes. Yeah, especially in that uh, tough AFC. <laughs> All right. Also, what do you guys think uh, Matt Rule should do with the seventh pick in the draft if Cam Newton, or if my uh, theory doesn't come true? Do they uh, take something to help the defense? Maybe take a chance on Jordan Love? Uh, I have them needing a linebacker, so... First, trading up to get uh, Simmons. Yeah, I like it. What? What's their? Um, what's their secondary look like? Uh, not great either. They're losing uh, James Bradbury in free agency, their top cornerback. So I mean, it's basically a roster t- turnover at this point. So what do you think about, I mean, obviously this is all just, like, what I hope, or what I think would be fun to see is if the Panthers try to get uh, the Browns linebacker, Schobert. Oh, yeah, Joe Schobert. They can fill a linebacker spot there, and then either going for a quarterback with their seventh, or maybe trying to get another corner, since this is pretty low to the corners. I like it, I like it. I also saw them maybe going somewhere along their D-line with their first-round pick. Um, They were one of the worst uh, run defenses in the league. Yeah, that's something they need to sure up. Uh, With... Epinesa dropping in the draft, which we didn't see coming. Uh, they had what I'm looking at is that they were projected to take uh, the LSU edge rusher Clavon Chasen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. I do like that. Also, uh, is there any other edge rushers besides Chasen that they could probably get? Because Epinesa uh, is probably dropping out of, like, the top 15. There's the edge rusher from Penn State, I believe. I don't remember how to say his name. Um, Ether Gross Matos, maybe? That is a mouthful. Yeah, yeah he's a big dude, too. Um, so. Yeah, 6'5", I mean, 270. Yeah, I mean, even if, like, this is all would be kind of fun 
to see. Obviously, it's going to be a lot harder for free agents to not want to venture off. But, like, if they could try to swing and get Clowney, Ooh. I mean, that could be a huge fill there, too. And he'd be – they could sign him for, like, a big contract because he did have a good good year with the uh, Seahawks. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Also, one of the things I want to go back to uh, quarterback, what if they – Get with the seventh pick, they help their defense or uh, or uh, improve their offensive line, and uh, they wait, draft or uh, tank this next season and try and get someone like Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields. Are those guys uh, worth waiting for, and do you think they can uh, get them? I mean, there's so many teams that are just so wishy-washy with what they can do. It kind of all depends on how this year goes with off-season and draft choices that there's, like, a lot of potential for some teams to be really bad, but also if they have a good off-season and have a good draft, they could turn around really quick. So yeah, look at the kind of, it's kind of hard to say if you're going to actually want to try to tank or if, if you could with some of the teams. And, you know, I've... I'm a huge fan of Trevor Lawrence, and I'm excited to see him come to the NFL. So I don't know if, how hard it would be to actually land a spot with him. You also don't know who's going to show up next year and just pop up on radar for drafts. So. And how bad is Christian McCaffrey going to struggle? Because they just gave away a Pro Bowl uh, lineman for Okung. Okung? Okung? Okung. E- e- All right. Either way, uh, is it risky to uh, – put him out there all 16 games potentially getting hurt and just carrying that team for another season Dalton you got anything on that I mean I saw that he accounted for I want to say it was 70% of their yards from scrimmage that's impressive around that number so, and he, there's no physically way possible that he can continue to do that year in and year out. I mean, if they want, if they want to, it was fine for one year when they had, when they had a shot at maybe doing something, but now they're in rebuild mode. And I think they need to start maybe putting in a third deck or third down back or, or maybe just giving him some, some rest during those late times in the game when they are completely out of reach of even trying to win it. Yeah, I heard a uh, theory that um, this is Chris McCaffrey's fourth year, and he has a fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick, but what if he sat out waiting for a contract extension because he's getting all those carries, and Panthers would be okay with it because he's not putting any mileage on, on his back, so then they completely have him sit out for the 20, 2021 season and then bring him back with potentially Justin Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence? Uh, I don't think... I don't. I feel like of all the people in the NFL, I feel like he's probably one of the last people that would actually do that because... I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing him doing that. And especially with like how short... like With how many like good stats he has going... For him to, like, not waste a year, but pretty much waste a year. Yeah, it doesn't always work out. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Oh, really? That also has a lot to do with that whole team together, but... 
<laughs> yeah, Jets kind of suck too, though. <laughs> Yeah, Adam Gase is uh, head coach. I don't know about that. Oh, no, he's the worst coach in the league now that uh, Freddie Kitchen got fired. <laughs> All right. We will be uh, moving to the uh, Chicago Bears, who were 8-8 eight and eight this last season. And uh, basically the one thing on my mind, Mitch Trubisky. I am one of the few guys that thinks Mitch still has, uh, still can be productive if used the right way. Not sure if Matt Nagy's like the right coach to do it, but uh, what do you guys think about Mitch Trubisky? Don't you go first. I don't see him being the, their future at all. I think with that, I think with him, you kind of got to look at it as, as in like buying a house. You can't pour all this money into it. It's the same situation with Dak. You can't pour all this money to it uh, and find out that you're going to be upside down on it when it all is said and done. You, they have to start thinking about what he brings to the team and where they see him progressing to as his career like continues to go along. But if they can't find anything, if they can't, find any viable options for him and that's also the management's fault there in Chicago they are very stingy with their quarterbacks I mean look at their year look at years past for them they have bounced from quarterback to quarterback I think the last like real quarterback that they had and this is saying something was Jay Cutler smoking Jay I think they really need to start finding that piece, and I do not think Mitch Trubisky is that piece. I have heard that uh, possibly another trade for uh, Cam Newton on this on this one, but also someone like Andy Dalton, uh, which Andy Dalton was not the problem in Bengals. We'll get into that later. But uh, what do you think that would do for the Bears? Do you think it would make them improve? Do you think they would have to adjust to the new offense and kind of look like Mitch already? But wish they would run their offense with Mitch like uh, the Vikings get get your run game going have uh, Mitch do some uh, bootlegs and have the ability to either uh, run with it or do some play action passes but I don't know they would also probably need a better tight end for that to fit it's some no name I think two of their tight ends got hurt during the year and then I don't even know if they were running their offense with a tight end Dalton do you know yeah. can you say what you said again uh, who was their tight end last year 
because I know a couple of them got hurt, but then I think at the end of the season, like, they weren't even running their offense with the tight end. It was Trey Burton, correct? Trey Burton is the one that, oh, that I had last year. Okay. He got hurt, like, he got really hurt the season, before the season even started, maybe. Yeah, after that, it really goes downhill. They just re-signed the one guy that they do have, or they just got him, I think. Or no, he played for him last season. Demetrius Harris, they signed him again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other than that, they had just a bunch of guys that were no names. Trey Burton will be the guy again this year. Just put it that way. Is he that good, though? Yes. He's very good. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I do not think so. I think he definitely has to I think they definitely have to address that along with along with uh, wide receivers in this class oh my god I hope that they think that they can set him up to Green Bay I'll gladly take Burton <laughs> well anything's better than Jimmy Graham Oh, man. <laughs> also, another part of this uh, team is the defense. Uh, very dominant in 2018, kind of took a step back in 2019. And uh, they released Prince Amukamara. They have Danny Trevathan and Clinton Dix uh, as free agents, as long with uh, Pierre Lewis and Kwiatkowski. But they have three linebackers that are leaving. The only linebacker that started was uh, Roquan Smith coming back. What do you guys think uh, should be the top priority for this defense? Yeah, I would say. Repeat yourself, Dalton. They need back Danny Trevathan. Doesn't he play the same position as Roquan Smith, though? Yeah. They generally put him opposite of him. So he's like, they, run, they run a double middle a okay. lot of times. Like a two high, and they'll drop like, uh, or they'll have like Floyd, Leonard Floyd as edge, and then have he tackle down, and then Mac. And then I know I know that they did try to do a lot more with the secondary, but that's what I would say their biggest focus needs to be on. Because had that one spot that was just really shaky and they always got attacked on it and that's where Prince was until they finally benched him late in the year. And that helped a lot. Yeah. Just somebody to give a little bit more blanket coverage until Matt can really get through which I don't really see him play too much obviously. I know that he's probably getting doubled. I would assume he's probably getting doubled but I do think that he needs to maybe make a little bit more of an impact but Along with all the injuries that they had in their defense last year, I mean, it's kind of just piecing stuff together while they're rolling along. Yeah, and to go along with uh, you talking about the secondary, uh, some key uh, veteran-ish guys that they could go with. Jimmy Smith is leaving the Ravens. Uh, Ronald Darby could be could add some production, and then Eli Apple raised his stock when he uh, joined the Saints last season. So maybe a guy like that could come to Chicago and help that defense. Yeah, I also saw that uh, Anthony Harris, the, he's a safety for the Vikings. He's up for contract. and okay. He was a freak last year. I mean, he would always be a good addition to any team. And, you know, I feel like teams like to stick around in the same division for some reason a lot of times. So Yeah, it's mostly just the NFC North. 
for some weird reason. Alright, you have anything to add, Dalton? Yeah, I would I would just say that their their D line was pretty good last year. They Am I wrong in saying that they ran a four man front most of the time? No. No, unless they ran like a three-man front when Akeem Hicks was injured, but that's the only time I could think of. Yeah, which was a lot of the – he was hurt a lot of the year last year, and then he tried coming back and he got hurt right away again too, so that kind of hurt them a lot with the D-line presence Yeah. altogether. And that's a place where they're lacking the most depth. So yeah. I would assume that that's – well, especially in the tackle area, too. I would assume that's probably where they'll try to hit home there or on offense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you guys think about uh, David Montgomery's performances. Like, I think he progressed. Disappointing. I think Matt Nagy got away from the run a lot this past season, and that hurt him and hurt Tariq Cohen. I mean, none of those backs were... I mean, Jordan Howard had a better year in 2018 than David Montgomery had in 2019. Can you say Jordan Howard's a better back than David Montgomery? Based on numbers, absolutely. I, do, I still have a hard time think, thinking that, but I'm also biased, so... I think I think David Montgomery is definitely going to be their guy because I think they need to honestly get him more involved in the past game. Like, they have Cohen will go in and he can they can try to hand the ball off on the outside they can dump a screen to him I think they need to do a little bit more of that with Montgomery but at the same time I mean their ability to get the pass game going at all before they could get to the run game like it was either either one was not stellar at all for any games really yeah uh, which also kind of made me think of the point is Matt Nagy like What's his job security like? He had a great first year. Uh, then second year, pretty disappointing. Still 8-8, eight and eight, so pretty respectable. But do you think this year might be a make or break for his job? Or do you think he's still... Uh, or do you think management still has a lot of confidence in him? I, I talked to our friend Twig about this. Shout out, Twig. I talked to, talk to Twig about this a while back. He's a big Bears fan. He, he has... The Bears faithful are, just as the name said, they're, they're, they have faith in Matt Nagy. But from the outside looking in, I'm not for sure. I was the one questioning whether he was, like you said, he was getting away from the run. He was relying on a on a unproven Mr. Bisky and which cost them a lot of games I'd like to think but as as this year progresses I think you'll start to see whether he'll have this job come around time next year totally agree yeah. being, being a Packers guy NFC North big rivals with the Bears um, like I, I don't like the Bears, but I really do honestly like um, 
Matt as their coach just because um, all the times that Trubisky was getting all that criticism and saying that should bench him, you know, he stuck by him because you know, that will kill a guy's confidence if they really like. Like he's kind of like a player's coach, big time. I feel like he has a lot of their respect, and everything. But I also think that like they're playing, he's playing his second year as head coach, and they went eight and eight, and they were also in the NFC North, which ended up being a pretty tough division with the Packers and Vikings, and then Lions are always good in the division for some reason, which is annoying. But I think that he, I think that they should. I think I would trust him. Um, with the job, uh, and I also would, I like that he wants to stick with Trubisky. Um, it's kind of like a sophomore slump for both of them, really. All right. Uh, when we come back, we will be doing the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, coming back to the Cincinnati Bengals, two and fourteen last season. Coach Zach Taylor. Uh, gets their pick for uh, the number one pick. Is there any uh, discussion that it's going to be Joe Burrow? No. No, not for me. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, This team does have a lot of holes. Uh, Maybe needs some weapons uh, if A.J. Green leaves or Tyler Eifert doesn't get healthy. What do you think should be the main objective building around Joe Burrow? Um. I guess uh, seeing them play last year, knowing their struggles, I would see them meeting uh, maybe another. Obviously, it's going to help if they get A.J. Green back for their offense, but also having uh, some sort of improvement or more coordination on the line would be really nice because even their run game really struggled a lot. So, I would say maybe the line would be a pretty big focus if they can make it happen at all this year. Yeah, uh, they did have some injuries on the line last season, and uh, they're not going to use the number one pick to shore up that offensive line, but there are some uh, nice free agents like Joe Thune, Brandon Sheriff, if he, do- if he doesn't get a franchise tag, Brian Belaga. Uh, Dalton, what do you think is a good addition for that offensive line to help Joe Mixon out? Um, as far as offensive line goes, they don't have the worst offensive line in the league, but, but they definitely, when it comes to free agency, that's what a lot of guys, like, as a Chargers fan, that's where they thrive, is, is picking guys from there. Not saying it's worked out for them, but... Like in the in the long run, but that's where they that's where they like to pick and choose their guys in the short term. Um, I could see them going that route, or I could see them also using uh, mid round or mid draft picks to uh, try and bring those guys in and work for the job as well. Okay, yeah, I like that. Also, uh, defense not very good last year. Uh, a lot of their old guys that were dominant in the early 2010s uh, are gone, and they have a lot of young guys. But what do you think is like a top free agent uh, that could help them out, Jack? With Joe Schobert also being one of your top picks, do you think they could uh, pay Clowney also? 
Um, they can also shop around and try to just find like a short-term replacement. Um, is Suggs going to be back at... Uh... I don't know. I think it's only a one-year deal, so he could be shopping around. So, I mean, if they just needed somebody quick to put in there, he'd probably be decently cheap, I suppose. So you're looking uh, at uh, edge rushers. Yeah, just somebody to kind of fill some spot that they need because it's kind of all over the place with them. But all I would right. say somebody to get to them. Um, that's why I like the only other argument that you can ever make against Joe Burrow would be Chase Young. And when I'm like, you get Joe Burrow, that's essentially franchise quarterback for 10 plus years. So, yeah. uh, do you? Do you guys think that uh, Andy Dalton should be kept by the Bengals, or do you think they should shop him, maybe be a mentor to Joe Burrow, help him learn the offense? What do you think, Dalton? Uh, I would say, I would say keeping him around for a year or two wouldn't hurt. The thing is, is he is he going to want to do that? Um, it, he could have a big problem with that playing second fiddle to Joe Burrow but as long as he isn't in a set position where he wants to be the man the starter I I think it's good to keep him there and kind of have Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow starting out underneath him yeah man throughout the season quarterbacks get hurt maybe they uh maybe they, some team has like a Big Ben thing where they're out for the season, but they can still contend. You trade Andy Dalton to them, and they're probably willing to pay a lot. That's not a bad thought. Also, Zach Taylor, he's entering his second year as head coach. Came from Sean McVay's coaching tree. What does he need to prove in his second year? Let's go with you, Jack. Um, I'd say he needs to prove that he can get his system that he wants to implement and put it into effect that's going to actually be effective. Um, but more or less, I think it just needs to show that he can manage a game the entire way through because it just, I feel like he might have not been up more you can chew, but kind of not expected the struggles. Um, how, how hard it was, yeah, especially coming into a team like the Bengals that was kind of on the edge of needing a rebuild mode already anyway. Yeah. I did uh, hear something interesting. Uh, coming from Sean McVay's offense, you got Cooper, you got Robert Woods, and you got uh, Brandon Cooks. And early in the Bengals season, you could kind of see that uh, developing with John Ross being Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd being Robert Woods and uh, Erickson being Cooper Cup in the slot. What do you think? Do you think that's just a coincidence, or do you think like he's bringing Sean McVay's scheme and could be as good as Sean McVay? Dalton, I don't like to compare the head coaches, even if they're from the same tree. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to just see what he can do given that he doesn't have him anymore anyways. Uh, he's got different weapons. 
they have a lot of there's a lot of good free agents out there uh, that he can work with or that they can try and get on their team to work with. Uh, just trying. I'm just scrolling through the list right now, uh, and as I'm looking at them, there's a lot of skill positions. There's uh, just some kind of role player guys that can just automatically help that make that team a lot better than it already is. Okay, Jack, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, going kind of off of what Dalton said about um, getting certain players to just help the team. Um, being a head coach, you know, things aren't always going to work out like you want. Like, you can come into a game with a plan that you think is going to be, you know, great, work out perfect, and then it doesn't. And I think the uh, adaptability to the game, like itself, that individual game, needs to be a big focus for him to, like, be able to go on the fly and make his players do what they can do the best with what they're given at the time. If that made sense. Yeah, definitely. All right, you guys have any more thoughts about the Cincinnati Bengals before we move on? Nope. I'm excited to see what Joe Burrow can do. Oh, yeah. All right, coming back, we will be talking about the coronavirus and uh, what it means for uh, the games going on. Dalton, you said uh, some the NBA is taking actions against it. They just uh, canceled the Ivy League tournament for uh, college basketball because of the coronavirus. What do you think the NFL is going to do as precautions? They've already shut down locker room, locker room, like to the media after game or after and before games. Uh, if that, like you see it with stars in other sports like LeBron James in the NBA right now, he said that he would quit basketball before he would ever play in front of a in front of a, uh, a television a televised crowd only. Um, if that's where this is headed because of the coronavirus, then and the NFL's ratings years have been going downhill and I don't see that and I if that happens then I see it being very bad for the NFL in general yeah hopefully they just test it out for uh, like maybe preseason games and because I mean I'll watch a couple of them when I'm really missing football but other than that I'm just waiting for the regular season Jack what do you think yeah I don't think it'll be too big of an issue come football time to be honest I, I don't think this is going to be too long-lived of a of a scare personally um you know it's just kind of it's it's really just like a flu and obviously it's going to affect like the biggest majority that's really at risk for it being like fatal for them is like infants who don't have a developed immune system or elderly adults who have a hard time fighting against anything already so i don't necessarily find it as too big of a worry um, I know that it's kind of like, like a national scare like a, a really big deal right now but I don't know if it really comes to that you know whatever they want to do I'm still going to watch football I understand like when Dalton had talked about LeBron James not wanting to play in front of just a televised 
game. I mean, I can I can kind of see his point, but at the same time, you know, it is just you get to play the game. So I don't know how that would be that big of a deal to where you would want to just quit. Yeah, and he is getting paid thirty plus million a year for playing it. So it's hard to give up that money because no one's in the stadium, but people are still watching at home. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does affect the energy of the game, you know, how home field advantage, home court, you know, you get the fans into it, and it, it does affect the game in some ways, but... Oh, hell yeah, it does. They feed off that energy every game. If you don't have that, that audience present, then that takes away, like half of the love and compassion love and compassion that these athletes have for what they do yeah yeah but at the same time you know they also they love that stuff but they also should just love the game itself and I mean I don't know it just seems like an extreme measure to go to that of just quitting well that's also coming from an NBA veteran that's spent 15 years in the league I mean he's that's him saying that, having done a lot, having done everything that you can do in that sport. I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard for him to give up the game based on that aspect. That's true. But other people, it might be different, and they're they're playing for paychecks at this point. But well, he still needs to bring a championship to the Lakers. Like that. What was that? He still needs to bring a championship to the Lakers. <laughs> Go ahead, what you were saying, Dalton. But like, just if I'm if like if I'm put in their shoes, I'm just I'm not seeing like this is a horrible comparison. It's not even close. But just imagine if our high school games, you guys were not attended by a single soul. It was just two teams playing basically what is basically a pickup game. I just don't see I just don't see where the love for that you don't you do it. These guys do it for the fans. And when the fans aren't there anymore in attendance that love is lost. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, our high school games are pretty much vacant too anyway, though. Coming from a YA school in Iowa, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I can imagine, like, even having those few fans definitely made it more enjoyable because you're doing it for them. Like, you get to put on a show for them. Yeah, imagine Hilton uh, being empty and two teams just playing. You hear the squeaks and shit. Oh, that would drive me insane. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please share with your friends and family and email, email us at thescoopandscore at gmail.com or uh, give us a five-star review and we'll read your reviews on the uh, episodes. All right, thank you.